All right, well, that'll do it. Well, not really, because I still have to work tomorrow. And bloody hell is it ever cold outside. <laughs> Friday, December 17th, 2021. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks uh, for joining me. Thanks for finding my podcast here. And uh, yeah, if you're not aware, I do live in Beijing, China at the moment. Been here for a few years. And uh, as much as it's, I say it's cold outside right now. Beijing has a, I say the special winter, but it's a special winter only because I'm here uh, in, the, in, in the sense that I'm experiencing it right now. Likewise, Canada has a special winter because it's just a very long, cold period of time. <laughs> uh, Beijing is very dry and very windy, so it's never really cold in the sense like you go outside you're like, oh my god. Let's just get out of here. It's more like you go outside and your hood gets blown over, your hair is all over the place, and everything's flying all over the place. Uh, bikes are getting knocked down and people are having trouble walking. Like That's the type of cold that it is. Uh, it's not you walk outside, you take your glove off, and it freezes. Your, your hand freezes. It has to be pretty windy for your hand to freeze, which is what I was experiencing today because I forgot my gloves at home. Uh, that being the case... Still no snow on the ground uh, for the Winter Olympics that are going to show up in six weeks. Uh, yeah, there's no snow here just yet. Still pretty cold, and this actually does make me think, uh, given the uh, country's uh, lengthy, continuous history, that there might be some records or, you know, deep down somewhere, uh, some sort of, some people or some records would indicate that, you know, 2021, 2022 would be a very cold period in time, and that if they were going to bid for the Olympics, uh, that would be the best time for it. I'm told, actually, that the only other people, um, or the other, only other country that was bidding for them was Kazakhstan, I think. Um, I haven't double-checked this, so I don't entirely know, but that's actually kind of odd that uh, it's only, it was only Kazakhstan and uh, Beijing, basically why i guess sochi like russia had sochi and then canada had 2010 like vancouver canada was 2010 already right uh so i mean wow it's already 12 years ago <laughs> quite a quite a while ways ago quite a while ago um who else could hold the winter olympics i mean could argentina ever hold the winter olympics wouldn't that be crazy if they did or i mean like somewhere else uh, what other country has the appropriate weather uh, to host the winter olympics i mean it's primarily a northern hemisphere sports olympiad i mean to put it plainly right something along those lines anyway you know it's uh windy and cold uh to the point where it was like i uh, you don't really want to cycle outside. Tomorrow I'll still cycle to work. If I had, the only other thing if I had, longer socks. Because right now there's about an inch, a couple of centimeters of space in between the top of most of my socks and my um, workout pants. Uh, or trousers as the, the Brits call them. Um, and it's just enough to kind of make, just, you feel it. Just a little bit more. You're like, I, uh, it's only 20 minutes. But on that 20 minutes, you're like, wow, my ankles are cold. I wish I had longer pants or longer trousers, as it were. Uh, 
But yeah, anyway, new uh, new track up and posted. When you have the time and you have the inclination, you should just go do it. And so that's what I did today. Finally, uh, actually, today's track is inspired by a traditional Ukrainian rhythm and melody uh, called the Arkan. And the Arkan is a traditional men's fire dance wherein uh, a, a group of men, like a circle, would create a circle around a fire. And there's famous paintings about this uh, this dance. I'm not entirely sure if this was... It wasn't preparation... Was it preparation for war? Or was it like after war? It must have been preparation of some sort. Um, in the Zaporizhian siege where, where, where uh, the Kozaki had their headquarters so many years ago. But uh, the idea is that it's, a, it's men, men only. And in this traditional dance, it's uh, it starts off very slow, very brooding... And then it speeds up, and the the maneuvers, the moves that they do in this dance get increasingly more uh, fast paced and intricate. And it's not uh, it's not over the top. I mean, you're not flipping people all over the place, uh, which is what Ukrainian dancing is very famous for. Uh, but uh, instead, it's together where you are holding hands with the the men beside you uh, in solidarity, and you are going around around and around you're and you're you're going clockwise i believe it is not counterclockwise so you're going uh, clockwise and you basically keep on speeding up uh and i'm assuming that this was probably done on the the uh, influence of um various strains of potato juice so it wasn't done exactly uh, soberly um i'm not sure if that was part of the fun or if that was just uh, preparation for battle or something like that but anyway, one of the uh, rhythms uh, that's picked up, and this is a, such a famous um, r- rhythm and melody uh, that it's you. Sh- if you ever hear Ukrainian music, you'll hear it played again and again. And the, the basic m- melody is that is very uh, is a very common motif throughout Ukrainian. Uh, traditional music and so I've done that today I did that and this is actually a drum beat that I've played many 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 years many times and I still play it even when I'm you know sitting at a desk or just sitting with my uh, on the lap I'll play that same drum beat it's so ingrained into my uh, hand drumming rhythms I don't know if I could ever get rid of it so this uh, this track is actually uh, it's only about a minute thirty minute forty. The only thing I would have tra- changed about the for, in this track was I would have done two bars of eight at the beginning. Instead, I just kind of started with one bar of eight and went into the uh, um, the rest the the melody the rest of the rhythm rhythmic melody I guess you could call it. But so there it is. I decided to get at least one track done. So December seventeenth, check done. And I was thinking, going forward, uh, since Christmas is coming up so much, uh, so very, very quickly, I might start focusing a little bit more on the melodies that are, I guess, more traditional to this time of year. Uh, I, I am thinking of a lot of the uh, Ukrainian melodies that I th- uh, have in mind, but also um, just your typical songs that would go along with this this time of year. Not the pop 
culture crap that they're pumping like that 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 song i refuse to say the name because it's just overplayed and it's it's too it's trying too hard to be christmassy it's oh, oh, it gets me it just bothers me uh but uh you know speaking of getting me actually being the old guy of all things uh i was wondering about this because uh recently have actually come into contact with a few people i call young young people kids but they're not kids because they're grown adults and uh, i mean they're functional human beings most of them are anyway uh but there are a lot of university students i mean and even some high school students just in my 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 course of work and it's it's common for them to say you know when you're old and common question you'd sort of respond with is like well what do you mean by old and like well you know 35 40 and you gotta look at them and you go wow and it's not even so much the age comment it's the wow you think i'm grown up you think that's grown up you think that being 40 being 35 is grown up and the number of people i could count that if you looked at them, and if you asked them, do you, do you feel grown up? They'd be like, not in the slightest. <laughs> not in the slightest. I know there are like a lot of people by this age, you know, 35, 40, especially 45. Kids, wife, uh, husband, marriage, partner, houses, mortgages, insurance, you know. Um, what, what do you call those? Executors, estate executors or whatever it is. Power of attorneys, financial paperwork, you know. If this, then that. Wills signed and everything. You'd be surprised at how many people don't have that stuff, though, I guess. You know, for how common and how, you know, basic of life it is in terms of the modern world and just making sure things are in in order. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just not talked about as well. Uh, yeah, maybe there are a few things I have to set up, too. I know this. Uh, but uh, when you hear these sorts of, co- sorts of comments, you kind of wondering like, do you think that people are growing up by the by the time that they're 35 or 40 i don't know i mean i know a lot of expats and i go i don't think they're grown up <laughs> and i'm not pointing fingers i mean my, my 10 fingers are pointed right back at me going yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> that's a stretch to say that they're really old i mean first of all physically i don't feel old uh second of all i mean in terms of like having my shit together wow i don't know that's a that's a stretch i'm sure a lot of people would point out a lot of flaws in my my um my togethered shit how's that for lack of better terminology oh that is funny this actually happens um it was actually sort of also spurred by the fact that i've recently seen saw that uh one of my former students here in china i think did she get married and had a kid um, but there was a, there's been a few girls I remember meeting that I'm still WeChat friends with uh, years ago, and they're married and they have kids now. So within that six years, seven years, I can't however many years it's been, within my living memory of being in China, they've found partners, they got married, and they've had children. Oh. What have I done in that time? <laughs> Uh, not that I compare myself, it's just kind of always kind of funny to, uh, uh, think back of, of those things and sort of how things have evolved over time. 
Uh, that being the case, one of the evolutions that I am trying to do right now is this uh, whole intermittent fasting, restricted eating, 16 by 8, whatever you call it, or Advent, as it's known in the Catholic calendar, where you're, in, you're supposed to give up something for at least 40 days prior to December 25th. Um, I have been thinking about like the whole religious aspect of fasting. As I read a lot about it, uh, like the intermittent fasting, the you know skip a meal concept, uh, restricted eating... Uh, I see the results. I do. Like already, the indent that was in my, my stomach two weeks ago is a, a, an even greater indent. Which which I'm saying is that the upper abs are starting to peek through the layer of fat over top. That being the case, uh, it sort of dawned on me that even with this within this time period that I'm giving myself, which is six weeks... So the end of January, sort of this first sort of, um, I guess, semester, good first set of intermittent fasting, restricted eating, doing the 16 by 8, seeing if I can actually do it for that long. Uh, I want to see how far I can get in that time. And I might stop after that and then sort of give myself a pause. And then after that, maybe later on next year, do another six-week cycle of restricted eating, uh, again, restricted eating just being like the, the what's, I guess, the common 16-8 fasting cycle. So you, you don't eat for 16 hours, uh, and then you eat for six uh, for eight hours. I read a few comments online about that sort of style. <laughs> Some of them are pretty funny. Like, that's not fasting. That's just not eating. <laughs> that's called skipping breakfast or skip a meal, right? <laughs> like, yep, you're right. This is ex- That's exactly what it is. You're not fasting. You're just not eating, right? Fasting is like you literally give up food. You, there is no choice. Like you've taken away the choice of eating. That's what fasting is. You, you, you go on this, like, I will not eat. Even if I could, even if there was a goal, there is no goal other than to simply not eat, to restrict this, to restrict consumption of food. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going that far just yet. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be gentle on myself. 16 by 8 is good enough. Uh, I've noticed over the last couple of days, I mentioned this before, that my energy levels had been dropping off. Like I didn't feel as energetic or strong. That's changed. Over the last, like My last couple of workouts have been decent. Uh, I haven't been as sluggish or lethargic in uh, getting them done which is good, although I can't lie, I think it might also be the cold that is contributing to my desire, my lack of desire to go work out, um, as I am sort of not running outside so much anymore and, and opting instead to do more of in-home workouts. So I know that has a fact and it's, uh, has, is a factor and that it's, uh, it's a different workout being situated in my apartment rather than like having the ability to simply just go outside for a run and then come back in um, and just keep on going sort of thing. So I'm going to get a shot. Six weeks. We'll see how it goes. So the target is end of January. Uh, if I break that, it's too bad. I do try to stop eating by 8.30 at the latest. Uh, just c- That means I can eat at 12.30 the next day. 
Um, and I've learned that that whole lethargy, one like after lunch, one of the things you do have to be careful about is not to spike your blood blood sugar or your glucose levels, uh, and that can happen if you go for 16 hours not eating, and then all of a sudden eating a very large meal. Terrible idea. So go gentle, and I've realized that now, like with the the raw fruits and vegetables that I have, mostly vegetables for lunch. You even then you should only eat. I should only eat half of them at lunchtime, so 12.30 or whatever it is, and then come back and eat them again. And then finally, the like later on in the afternoon, finish off whatever I brought uh, for for lunch. It's okay to eat four. I, I, I'm still probably eating three, four times throughout the day. So lunch, 2.30, 5 o'clock, and then again at 7.38. That would be my, my division for these uh the the pacing of my meals and immediately i I, actually one thing i do notice right now is that after eight o'clock or 8 30 if i go by this fasting schedule and i do have this app helping me just to keep you know just as a little barometer to keep me on on the uh, on the up and up that i'm the the temptation to have just one more shot the temptation to have well i'll just gotta have one more biscuit well i'll just have this you know i'll just have one and even if it is just one, you've broken your fast. So now that stopping that, I'm restricting those calories. I'm, I'm removing that temptation because if you do it, you break the fast, you push it off another 16 hours. I mean, I don't want to do that. It's not worth it. So that's what I've noticed actually is like, if anything, it's preventing me from doing that late night snacking that I've so innocently just conveniently ignored to admit to basically restrict your calories you're going to drop weight go in a deficit you're going to drop weight now is it all sorts of weight or is it just fat my goal is to burn mostly fat and that's why i am trying this restricted eating is to push my my body into the ketosis state and then see how far i can go with that for the next uh, month and a half all right, well, we'll leave it there. The only other uh, new thing that I see that came through on the way is uh, the new issue of Foreign Affairs came out uh, recently. I don't know if you guys read this magazine or this journal. I find that uh, the more I travel, uh, the more I sort of, uh, especially a lot of international people I, I meet, the you know, expats, it's kind of neat to um, be a little bit aware of the different things going on. Because, I mean, I can't read all the newspapers around the world, and some of them are terrible anyway. Uh, but reading something like Foreign Affairs is is a heavier read, for sure, but it is some of the top thinkers and a lot of bigwigs, a lot of names that you would see being mentioned in the, in the bigger media uh, stream. So it's kind of neat to have that sort of perspective as well. Um, so that the new, new issue came out, and it's, it seems to be all about cybersecurity and how... Like the world is fractured, and the, is the computer bringing us together or tearing us apart? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. Uh, I do assume, I do sort of think that we are at peak social media, uh, just for various reasons, um, I, I, especially with the number of comments of people leaving Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't know what else. I don't think the metaverse is going to replace it because the metaverse is just the Sims. Uh, or whatever that other game was popular 10 years ago. That's just another reiteration of the same thing. Same, same, but different. I'll leave it there. Enjoy the track. Arcan on the desk. 
It's Friday night. Go have a good one. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again. Show notes up on my website, stevenstersky.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. December 17th, 2021. I'm Steve Sersky, and this here is today's offering for my December drumming challenge. And I'm calling this one a con on a desk. If you are not familiar with this word, Arkan, this is a traditional Ukrainian rhythm or melody that is taken from a dance, a traditional Ukrainian dance, that was performed generally by men around a fire. Usually it was like a group of men, like uh, I'm not sure how big the battalions were in Kozakib folklore or Kozakib regiments, but uh, it was taken from those times of the Kozakib fighting against the... uh, the enemies of Ukraine, whoever they may be at that time. And uh, this this dance, since it was mostly men, it did focus a lot on speed and agility. It started off very slow, very plodding, um, and it has one of the best siren calls, I guess you would say. It's not a literal siren, but da-da-da-da-da-da. There are two melodies and melody and rhythms that you will hear in Ukrainian music. One is that one. Da, 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 da. That's one of the melodies that's played over and over again, the motifs. The rhythm is an accented, a syncopated accent drumming pattern. That rhythm pops up 
all over the place. You hear any, even modern Ukrainian music still uses that type of syncopated drum pattern all over the place. You don't find it in Russian music. You don't find it in Polish music. It happens in Ukrainian music. So today's track was very much inspired by me standing at a desk and going, I have hands, I have desk, I have recorder, let's do this. So I did, because if you have the inspiration, you should probably just go ahead and do it. That was my philosophy. That is sort of my philosophy. This pattern, the Arkan pattern that you hear, I've been playing for years. I've been playing it for so long. I think it would it's I think it's damn near impossible to take this rhythm out of me. If any rhythm has permeated any of my drumming on all percussive types, we're talking like drum set, West African percussion, you know, um, electronica, it's this rhythm, it's the Arkan melody, it's the, uh, not just the Arkan, because this one shows up in the Kolomeka, which if you're Ukrainian, you'll be very familiar with, is a traditional dance or uh, group dance that's performed at the end of a wedding night or uh, an important Ukrainian social gathering. If you're not familiar with it, it's basically a dance competition, like Ukrainian dance-off, uh, where after a night of usually heavy drinking, you start flipping yourself around the room trying to impress everybody. Um, so the Arkan and the Kolomeka are, are sort of very close together in terms of their melodic and their rhythmic components. But for me, as a drummer, as a percussionist, uh, playing this, it's it's been there the entire time. Uh, it's very easy rhythm to play. It's not difficult at all. You have to get the timing right, of course but the timing is not difficult to pick up. And once you do, <laughs> if you're playing a, a straight-ahead polka beat, and then you add in the... It's a Ukrainian melody. Right there. Done. <laughs> like, I, I would even argue that the, the melody section doesn't even have to follow along because it is such a drum-heavy rhythm a drum heavy element of the of the music that as long as you as a drummer hits the timing properly uh, within you know a couple seconds or so it's going to sound pretty ukrainian pretty oh that, that sounds ukrainian that sounds like the Arkan. you know this, people will pick up on that if they know what it is if they don't then you know they'll just say well you you're, you're off you were off time <laughs> you missed a beat <laughs> Uh, which is pretty common anyway. So this was played uh, in a hallway, basically, uh, in our classroom that I was in. And I was just like, oh, I have, I have some time here. I'll be able to record uh, and just get this done. That way this, this track is done and finished for the day. It turned out pretty good. I think I did two or three takes. Uh, and basically what I did is I just played the, the cell phone right in the middle and then of the desk, and then on the sides, I was tapping away on it. Again, with this this rhythm and this uh, melody that you hear, uh, the moti the frequent motif that I'm playing. I mean, I've been playing this for years, and 
anyone can play this on any desktop around the world. Like this is it's not complicated. Listen to it once or twice. See if you can replicate it. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to. Uh, you don't have to play it that quickly. You can play it very slowly. In terms of the Arkan and its progression, it does typically start out very slow and then gets faster and faster and faster. Now, the one that I do uh, this time is I just kind of went straight ahead and went right into it. The one thing I would change about this track, uh, which did strike me as I was recording, I'm like, oh, I should just stop and redo this, is that the opening bar is only eight counts long when I think typically it would repeat one more time. So it actually, is it four? Is it four bars long or eight bars? Uh, eight bars. Four bars. How do you count that? Dun, 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 dun. I think it's eight bars. We'll go with that one. Oh, goodness. The musicians are probably laughing at me. Uh, yeah, and so with that, uh, I probably would have repeated it one more time. But that's something that you would do maybe in a, a live scenario, live situation. If uh, maybe you were sort of preparing the audience, the, the participants, uh, to move into the next segment. If not, I think it works actually quite well this way uh, because it's like it just gets right into it. And from there, after the intro, it's variations of uh, the different melody and the rhythm, uh, but still keeping that motif uh, consistent throughout. Kind of a fun track. Uh, I'm kind of happy with how it all sort of worked out. I didn't do any post-production on this one. It's literally, as you hear it, is ha as I recorded it. Uh, earlier today uh, so it's I'm one of the most rawest tracks I have uh, created to date and I think uh, I might especially since we're going towards Christmas um, which to me has always been a very uh, traditional Ukrainian time of the year uh, as, as I was brought up in it I might start looking towards those melodies those traditions a little bit more for the next week for the, maybe the next two weeks or so uh, so we'll see how that sort of progresses. And, and certainly the Ukrainian melodic components are, I mean, there's a lot to choose from uh, in, uh, uh, in that whole sphere of music. I'll leave it there. Show notes and track listing up on my website, stevensersky.com. You can find it under the December drumming uh, page. If it's not there, you're probably going to have to go over to the archives or search the history somewhere, and you'll find it uh, somewhere in the discography. Right? Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the Arkan on a desk. Bye-bye. <laughs>